Hello and welcome to Setting the Table, a podcast by women like us. I'm Mandy Nolan. I'm Ellen Briggs. Now, this is a podcast which is about maintaining a healthy lifestyle for women and it's informed by the Australian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. It is. And this is episode four. Today, we're actually going to be speaking to Caroline West again, who we have had on with every episode. She's fantastic, isn't she? Is she is great. Dr. Caroline West. You would have seen her on ABC, Ask the Doctor, Catalyst, The Project, Drum, Beyond 2060 Minutes. She's on all of those things, good medicine. And she's made it her life's work, really, to work with women, especially, hasn't she, around making healthy lifestyle choices. And she kind of cuts through all the the noise the fat as you cut through the fat there is a lot of fat on it because it's always so confusing to know you know at 52 now i wish that i'd known some of this stuff earlier because you know i've always been a real sucker for quick fixes yeah but the problem is but you know science changes you know well science doesn't change but the research changes so they do research into different things i mean you know what they know now in the 80s when we could have really used it they didn't know i know exactly like everyone yeah. was doing their aerobics in the oh, 80s like I even know. exercise trends the like, grapevine isn't it funny how exercise goes in trends and yeah. it's kind of like all of a sudden everybody's doing one thing and other people are doing yeah because at the else. moment it's f45 isn't it oh that's that that i've done that that, that high functional intensity. f45 yeah oh that's like far out i can't yeah. do this like it, the, you know, it's the longest have you done one yeah i like it Oh, I don't like that yeah. one. Makes me want to vomit I mean, the, in the morning. The stuff that I do is probably is probably quite similar. It's good. It's just called functional fitness, you know. Oh, so okay. there's lots of it's kind of like a, you know, a few different circuits, and some are really high intensity, and you just go, "I'm going to die," but you have to keep telling yourself it's only for 45 seconds or a minute or however long my trainer does it for. You do it later though. Like I was turning up at the gym and doing it at 7 a.m. And yeah. for me, that's too early to be exercising yeah. like that. It makes me feel ill. Yeah. Like you've got to do it, particularly because I've had a coffee just to get up, which oh, is not yeah, good. yeah, no, that's not good. You don't yeah. want to be having a coffee and then doing that. You've got to have something. I don't have anything. I just have some water. Do you, before you actually yeah. go out there and do your high intensity. Yeah. I feel for people because I go on a long walk on the beach most mornings and there's a group that's out there early, you know, and the, the other morning. Like a boot camp <laughs> one on the beach? They were buried in, they were like, oh. they were buried in holes trying to do push-ups. <laughs> oh, that's, see, that's just ridiculous. It's like, oh, isn't it? I feel like you should have some dignity in your exercise. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, I'm, maybe it is. Maybe I should be in there. Like, I'm, I'm, I prefer to go for a walk, intermittent running on the beach. Do you? I just like walking. I can, I'm a walker. I can walk and do a little run. Yeah. And then walk and then run, like gets your heart rate up and then, then you go back to that. And I do <laughs> I do joke, I do run by using that kind of you've got to you've got to inspire yourself. So I just imagine <laughs> someone said, The bottle shop's closing and then I sprint. <laughs> and then I go, Mandy, you shouldn't be drinking that much. You you need to moderate Especially and then at I stop. Six o'clock in the morning. Exactly. And then I forget and then I go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today we're talking about, about moving the body and, and, you know, what's the best type of exercise and is there one, one you know, size fits all and all that sort of stuff I've, when it I've comes to exercise. I've just got back into exercising again. I'm actually really loving it. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, like being able to put it. Do you remember we actually went to see, you know, that personal trainer We don't and and I never thought I could do a push-up. Yeah, I know. That was actually amazing and they're, they're the type of things that – I think are better indicators of how you're going rather than weight. So, so basically, this trainer said to us, had us all in the room and said, "Okay, who can do a full push-up? You know, like a prop, one yeah. of the ones on your on your toes." And pretty much none of us could do it. 
It's and, a bit sad, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we Just all kind of fell on our faces. <laughs> <laughs> and then after three months, we could do like five or six, you know, and then after six months, we could easily smash out 10 or 15. And that was amazing to see how strong you were getting. I felt really great and I felt great about myself because I just thought I could never do it. And yeah. I always felt a bit, you know, kind of weak that I couldn't yeah. do a push-up. So, yeah. And we do need that He kind was of a strength. fun trainer. I mean, he was one of those MMA fighters. It's like a little staffy. Yeah, I think you've got to find a trainer that you really – like you just can't I be love with any trainer. trainer. Yeah. yeah. You've got I to have her. a relationship with your trainer. Yeah. Because if you don't like your trainer, you're not going to go to the class. No, that's I've, right. I avoid classes where the teacher irritates me. Yeah. There was uh, one at your gym, actually, that really irritated me. Oh, see, that me. one, like, I, I, wanted to... I adore him. He's so yeah. great. So we have a different thing. He's, yeah. I, he, he really motivates me Does to keep he? going. Love him. I hate him. Just makes me laugh the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it's because you just get for different, you know. Yeah. You know, different. There's a really intense Pilates teacher who I didn't like at first, but now I really like her. She's yeah. like a dominatrix. <laughs> She's so cruel. She's got no sense of humour. Um, but I kind of like that. Yeah, see, I'd probably like that too. All right, well, why don't we call Dr. Caroline and have a chat to her about what, what are the best things and, and you know, what, all those questions like why do, we, why do we start and then we stop? Have you done that? All the time. Yeah. Well, you, you kind of do it. I'm going to call her it. up while we're, while we're doing it. Hopefully she's there. She's not with a patient. Or exercising. Or exercising, Might yeah. be doing some squats between patients. That's what you've got to do <laughs> sometimes. Imagine coming in and your doctor's just doing Hello. squats. Well, hello, Hello, Dr. Caroline. How are you? It's Ellen and Mandy. I'm really well. Excellent. I'm really well. Excellent. We're just talking, we're talking about exercise today on our Setting the Table podcast and we were just saying, I wonder what Dr. Caroline's doing. She, she probably gets up and does some squats in between patients, <laughs> bit, of, <laughs> bit of running on the spot. So what, what exercise do you do, Caroline? I'd love to know what you what what you do because you've got to find an exercise that suits you and your lifestyle, don't you? Yeah. Well, this morning I've actually been for a swim, and I found that really pleasant. Um, I find that swimming is great because it sort of clears my head as well as gives gives me a bit of a workout. Normally I'm in the ocean, but today it's it's looking a bit feral out there, so I went to a swimming pool and um, picked the slow lane, and so I did a variety of strokes and. Yeah, it allowed me to clear my head and I got out feeling really good actually. All my little aches and pains had gone and yeah, oh, yeah I, was, nice. I was feeling ready for the day. That's good. Um, cool. Actually, rare, which I was really interested, that swimming's one thing, you feel great, but you actually, it's not a big burn of calories as, which I was interested because I thought swimming, swimming's quite intense, but that walking can be more um, of a high burn thing if you do it quickly. Well, that can be true. I mean, the thing about swimming, the irony is that the better you are at swimming, probably the less you you burn up if you're just going at a at a fairly slow pace. Oh yeah, because um, if you're flapping around in there, you're using up a yeah. lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> flippers or no flippers or no flippers. Well, I I only wear flippers when the swell's big and I need to push myself along. But I think it's whatever's going to get you in the water is is great and. You know, the thing about swimming is that it also often takes more organisation than going for a walk. So the brilliant thing about walking is that as long as you have a pair of shoes you're comfortable in, you can sort of fit a little walk in at different times of the day. There are fewer excuses to not go for a little stroll, for example, in your lunch hour or before you have your morning coffee. So um, I think walking is still one of the most popular activities done. That in, and going to the gym are, are definitely on the way up when we look at sort of exercise patterns across Australia. Yeah, I definitely have a have a mix of both of those. I walk every single day. I do about I do between fifty and sixty k's a week walking. 
Oh, um, that's good. Well, I got a Jack Russell puppy, Dr. Caroline, ah. and um, if I don't walk him, I fear I'll be one of those people who has their faces ripped off <laughs> by the dog. <laughs> that's how animals but, are good, though, isn't it, um, Caroline? Is that great a motivators? Dog, not a cat, clearly. You can't walk your cat, but a, a dog can get you out of the house. Yeah, definitely. I think that they're also that great social connector. Like if you have a dog, everybody wants to have a chat about not you but your dog and Absolutely. That's a good entree into, into a conversation. <laughs> the funny thing is I often ask people about their exercise patterns and people often will say, you know, they've got a dog, but when I'm, I mine into it, they often go to the park and they just sit on a bench and the dog runs around um, and they don't do much. So I always say, look, this is a great chance to have a think about moving with your dog. Um but I agree. I think dogs are fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Imagine you know how happy the dog would be when you finally get off the bench. The dog probably gets to the park and goes, oh, I'm going to have to throw the ball for them. <laughs> <laughs> so- yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I think the thing is that when when you talk to people, it's amazing how many people have become pretty sedentary. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that's fallen off the radar. Often when people are, are teenagers, you know, they're doing sport at school or they're sometimes part of a team. Um, and from mid-teens, a lot of women start sort of participating less and less in those kind of group activities, unless it's the gym, um, and drift away from planned exercise. So it's, it's one of those things that it's worth thinking about because it makes such a difference to not only your ability to sort of um, have a healthy life and better sleep and and better mood, but also your concentration and just your ability to get through the day with less stress. That is really true. You know, I found it, I have to say, um, Dr. Caroline, for when I joined the gym, like I joined a gym and I didn't go for a year <laughs> <laughs> until I was, like I wasn't, it's kind of gyms can be very intimidating places when you've lost your fitness level. Like now that I've regained my fitness to a certain degree, I don't feel like the worst person in the class. But for a lot of women, particularly now at some of the gyms, it can be a very intimidating space. Like, how, do you think it's important? Mm. That, I mean, but now that I'm there, I get so much out of it. Like, how can we as women, you know, transition that 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 place where we go from that discomfort like you know because it is it important to go to the gym because I feel like it is well I think that it's it's valuable to plan for a few sessions a week where you stick in some activities that get your heart rate up and also as women that we do a couple of sessions a week doing strength training and so I know there's all of those you know, you can get information on the internet and I've done stories this much about this myself where you can stand in the kitchen and lift cans of baked beans. But quite frankly, that gets pretty boring. Yeah, yeah no, very you, boring. You just, you just don't do it. it. There's only so many times you can do that without, you know, somebody doing a family intervention. Like it's really not <laughs> it's not the sort of thing that, that really um, progresses your strength at all. So I think the value of the gym is that you can actually see the weights. You can get a little circuit. I think it's worth getting some help with a little program either from an exercise physiologist or somebody who knows the equipment um, or even do it in a little group. There are plenty of little groups where you sort of have your little stations and and, uh, move around. And I just think that that strength training is wonderful for for women to not only improve your bone density but also your muscle mass. And we know that if you maintain your muscle mass, you're going to have more energy, but you're also going to have better, better regulation of your weight. Yeah. Because the more muscle you have, the more metabolically that's advantageous to yeah. sort of keeping the motor running. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of gyms either, but what I've found is I've sort of experimented 
with some of them. And I do go to one gym, which, which I feel like an outlier, not just because I'm female, but also because I'm sort of that mid-age. And I just think a lot of women in mid-age are sort of invisible in the gym. You know, it's full of people just uh, looking fantastic, sort of looking at the big mirrors. They always have these big mirrors. I, I, I find that, those of, people, they don't, they don't <laughs> need to go. They're done. They've got there. <laughs> Leave it for <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, but I've... I, yeah, I found another gym that, you know, I've been out in the regional areas and, you know, in Broken Hill and, and their gyms are far more inclusive. Like I find uh, people of all ages are there, all sizes are there. You know, there's less of that feeling that you judge. So I think it's about finding a, a space where you feel comfortable and yeah. that might take a bit of experimentation, Yeah, you know. Um, we're very lucky here. I have found a um, – I, I work with a trainer who – really loves working with women and she does these classes called um, functional fitness and all of us, I think the youngest person in the class is probably 35 to 40. I'm not really sure how old she is. I'd be the second oldest. But she's really about um, she's really about having your body just be in the best condition it can be just so you can get through life without aches and pains. And, and she's also making us fitter without even knowing about it. She really mixes things up in every class. I just love it. And I hate missing those classes. You know, when you, when you really find something you love, you kind of get angry if you can't make it, you know, if work comes up and you can't do it or something. So um, I really, if you can find someone like that, it's such a godsend because I want to go. It is like that. So how, how important is it, Carolyn, what, what, Carolyn, when it comes to weight loss? Like how does exercise work in with weight loss? Well, I think there's this perception that exercise is all you need to shed the kilos. And, and often I will hear people at the gym talk about the reasons they've joined a gym. And the number one reason is usually to lose weight. It's not about fitness, which is interesting because when we're in a society like we have with just so many options of energy-dense food, you know, highly calorific food, it actually takes an awful lot of exercise to shed kilos. So you, you're less likely to drop the kilos without actually having a whole whole package of lifestyle changes, which includes adjusting your diet. But having said that, there are so many benefits to exercise. If we're looking at it from just a health perspective, there's nothing that, that we can do that replaces exercise. There's no sort of alternative path. And I think when we understand exercise's role in preventing all the big ticket items in, in future life, and that includes heart disease, strokes, diabetes, even cancers. Um, and the one I'm really interested in as I get older is the prevention of dementia. Exercise is really going to be one of those things which is key to determining your health destiny in yeah. terms of the likelihood mm. of you developing those things. And that to me is pretty, pretty valuable. And I think um, often people just think about exercise in the context of weight, but it's just so much more potent than that. And there's the feel-good factor too. I find that people's mood, you know, a lot of people have depression and anxiety and exercise can do what no pill can. Mm. Yeah, you do feel so much. You feel so, so amazing when you get out there. So if I was, and I have been, um, and I'm really a couch potato, but someone that had got out of the habit of exercise, um, what would you suggest as a program to get someone in like what, what, how would you get them back engaged in an exercise kind of routine that someone could actually maintain? Well, often I look at it in, in pieces. So one of the, the equations there is reducing sitting time. So we know that people are becoming um, more sedentary and they're sitting in big blocks, 
So especially with binge watching telly um, and times of a pandemic, for example, where people are sitting a lot in front of their computers, it's important to break up that sitting time with moving around. So that's the first thing I do to, to get a bit of movement. Like I'm standing at the moment on a little sort of pop-up table, which is standing on my coffee table so that I can stand we're sitting during down. our phone yeah, call. Yeah, we're just looking at each other going, oh, look at us sitting down. <laughs> I was imagining as I was saying that sitting is the new smoking and I was just imagining chairs with warnings <laughs> like cigarettes, like a thing of a big bum. On the <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's about just moving and, and setting little goals to start with. Like the common trap for people um, – is they go too hard too soon and so they go, right, I'm going to do an exercise program and they go from nothing to overdoing it, get a little injury and then see that as the reason to step backwards again and do nothing. So I often start with getting people to walk a bit and if they can track their walking, it often gives them a sense of what they're doing and how they can achieve improvement. So most phones, you can put a a tracker on it with how many steps you're doing roughly. It's incredibly motivating. Or Fitbit or whatever you want to use. It's, yeah. it's motivating, isn't it? Sorry, I, I really cut you off there, but I was just going to, at that point, when Mandy and I, when we first went into lockdown, we both just went, right, we've got to do our steps every day, didn't we? Because we had nothing else. And we're both such um, kind of high-functioning women. We needed a goal we each day. We wanted to day. achieve something. Yeah, we wanted to achieve something rather than just sitting around the house. So <laughs> we were both a, doing our I walked our to the walks. supermarket one day and some people kept tr- stopping to give me a lift back because I had a backpack and carried all the shopping back. And I've got a car, but I went, I've got time to fill. I might as well just walk. I might as well just carry all the groceries. That gives me weight bearing as well. Yeah. By the end of that, I really wish I hadn't made that decision. It's <laughs> really heavy. Yeah, but, I mean, people are up against it too when they, they, they can't walk easily to the corner store or the supermarket or do what we call incidental exercise. Like in regional areas, for example, there is, often no corner store and so when you go to buy something or do something you often use the car and so it's even harder to come up with some of those little incidental um, opportunities you know in the past before we all locked down you know people could commute by walking to the bus or walking to some sort of form of transport or walk around the office or take the stairs instead of the lift but a lot of people that's not in their their environment so it's harder for them to do that so even they really need to plan for how they're going to fit those little little bits of movement in. But, yeah, I think the tracking stuff's really it, – it can be great for motivation. Yeah. And it's a reality check because the other interesting thing is most of us are big exaggerators um, when it comes to remembering what we do. Mm. So our memories are not very reliable and we tend to have optimistic bias where we recall that yoga session or the weights that we did in, you know, eight weeks ago as though it were yesterday, and um, we thread that into our narrative of what we actually do, whereas, you know, when we look at it um, from a different perspective, it's clear that we haven't done any of the things we think we've done. Yeah, it's true. So should, we should be doing weight-bearing, which is um, pushing anything heavy, like a weights, obviously, a body bar class or a few hand... What would you, what would you call a good weight-bearing? I mean, is Pilates weight-bearing? Uh, look, it, it, it can be. I mean, Pilates I'm quite a fan of because I think that um, it gives you a lot of strength and suppleness and it gets back to that point, Ellen, you made about functional fitness. Yeah. That Pilates was originally designed for um, injured dancers and so they're all pretty strong people, but it sort of developed this 
this um, series of techniques which strengthen the core. Now, the core is a sort of overused term, but if you just think of it almost like the muscles that exist in the central part of your trunk that keep your hips and your, your back in, in alignment. Um, you know, I think that Pilates has a, a enormous benefits. Um, the cost can be a bit of a barrier for some people because, you know, individual Pilates lessons where you really learn what you're doing, that can be a bit, bit expensive. Mm. But, yeah, Pilates is good. But, you know, even walking and, and I encourage people too to think, okay, if you've started to do your walking, is it possible to just get your heart rate up a little bit? And a lot of people haven't really got their heart rate up with exercise sometimes for decades. You know, they just walk pretty slowly and they don't want to sort of get their heart rate up. But getting your heart rate up with even just a little bit of brisk walking or even breaking into a little slight trot. Um, and even if you just pick off, I pick off telegraph poles and so I'll do it between, you know, for 100 metres and then I'll slow down again then I'll speed up again just to sort of get that sense that my heart's working a little bit. Mm. Some people, um, if, they're, if they're not used to that, it frightens them, doesn't it? You know, that feeling of being a little bit out of breath and... You know, I know my my mother certainly got to that point where she, whenever if if she ever got out of breath, she would I'd see panic. her kind of panic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that that's what a lot of people think. They think, oh my god, maybe I'm having a heart attack. Mm. Um, but the thing about fitness is, if over a period of time you've got your body to sort of um, become more fit, aerobically fit, with a sort of cardio thing where your heart is working a little bit, you get much better heart health. And you get much better brain health as well. So that little bit of extra effort um, can be valuable. The other thing is for older people is even to think about stationary bikes and because that can be a, a, um, a low injury kind of option where you don't tend to sort of come off a bike if it's stationary with injuries. But you don't, once again sort of cycle slow to. and then do a minute where you're doing faster and then slow and then another minute faster. So it's that hit training, you know, that high-intensity interval yeah. training. Um, where you just sort of mix it up a bit. So your body sort of remains a bit sort of surprised about, oh, here we go. You know, otherwise we get into cruise control. And it's very easy to get into the same habits. We walk the same mm. track, the same pace, you know. Um, so you've got, to break, you, you've got to break your habits. Is that the key? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's about sort of mixing it up because getting back to the functional fitness, you also want to be recruiting different muscle groups for different activities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you do a little bit of yoga and then you do a little bit of walking and then you do a little bit on the bike, you're sort of each time just using slightly different muscles um, and that's really positive and that sort of keeps you fresh as well. That's true. Yeah, it keeps it interesting. I, I just, well, I have to say I did almost fall off the bike in the cycle class because they turned the lights <laughs> off and put the techno music on and then you do that thing where you've got to change the gears to go so you can stand up for going up the hill and I... I didn't do it properly. I nearly got, I was so close to being thrown <laughs> off. But sorry, I was just segueing that because I was remembering you, sometimes you do have to be careful. But what I'm interested in is one of the big blocks for, you know, has been for me and I know it has been for Ellen as well and for a lot of women is I'm too busy. I can't fit this in. How, how, do, how do I fit exercise into my busy life? You must hear that a lot. The two biggest excuses or well, excuses is maybe too hard a word, but the reasons that people... Um, present is I'm too tired or I'm too busy. Oh, I the get thing that. that. Yeah, so and I get that because often when you've got a crowded calendar, you go, oh, do I really have time for this extra walk in the morning? Or, um, but what I find is that it, it it's a great return on investment if you like. So 
if you just start with planning even three sessions a week of half an hour where you know that you can pre-commit, um, get ready the night before with the gear that you need for that activity, do it with a friend to increase your, your sense of I'll, I'll rock up and do it and you start with something that's going to be achievable and you just slot it in without analysing it too much. You know, I think that if we workshop it too much, we never do it. So yeah. It, yeah. it's easier to just go, okay, what could I start with tomorrow that's something that I could achieve? I mean, for me, when I was super busy and sort of racing around and had kids in schools and daycares and whatever, I mean, my thing was to get up that little bit earlier and to go for a bit of a walk. I used to walk the dog and just do a sort of 40-minute loop. But that was my little time to at least get 40 minutes of walking was down like, with mm, a few hills. Was that 3 a.m. or something? Who's <laughs> 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 that woman in the dark with the dog? <laughs> Well, I have been known to set out when it's pretty dark, I must say. But, you know, and, and then even <laughs> if if I have a lunch hour, you know, I always try and take good shoes. You know, I, I don't wear heels anymore, for example, and that's for the reason, well, I don't have any opportunity to wear them really anyway. But, you know, I found that if I had any shoes with any sort of heel, it psychologically meant, oh, I better not walk down the street because this is going to be a bit uncomfortable. So I just thought, well, why am I wearing these stupid shoes? I should just wear, you know, flat shoes all the time to work and just, that will be my new shoe shoe wear, and it it makes you far more sort of active, and you're far more likely to move around. Um, That's a good yeah. Point. And then so, I planned, you know, the, the 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 gym. I I don't I don't like gyms much, but I do feel really virtuous and good when I go. Yeah, absolutely. It's like I feel like I need a reward as I'm leaving. It's like oh, where's my? I look around, you know, waiting for the big. Well, that was know, my, that was my problem, medal, but. Dr. Caroline, I was going to the gym and then coming home and rewarding myself with a biscuit or two, which is not <laughs> well, the reward the you want to do. Well, often people do trade. I've, I've found that a lot with people. They go, I've been to the gym. I can now have that muffin. So mm. that's a real, really slippery slope. Um, and and to be fair, a lot of the gyms have this ridiculous cabinet at the front that's full of, you know, ridiculous foods that are high calories and yeah. and low nutritional values. So they're kind of... I was, I was coming out of a gym the other day and in the cabinet I had muffins and schnitzel. And I thought, schnitzel? really? Yeah. Who comes out of a gym and schnitzel. goes, I could, I could I smash better a, have schnitzel. a schnitzel. <laughs> and I, a said to them, um, I said to myself, this was like 7 o'clock in the morning, I said, oh, that's an interesting, like they had trays of these schnitzels. And I went, oh, um, that's interesting. Do you sell many schnitzels? <laughs> and they said, that's our most popular item. Wow. This is a deep, deep fried piece of chicken. I mean, it's not that different to KFC, really. It was just a skinnier version. Yeah. And I thought, wow, we've really sort of got some unusual beliefs here around, you know, the value of protein and sort of, stocking up on goodness knows what. Because my personal trainer told me years ago when I was at another gym that after you've done weight-bearing exercise and done your workout at the gym, you've got this window that you can eat protein in and it will go to your muscles, probably not protein covered in um, breadcrumbs and Mm. deep fried. (laughs) But I don't... I remember taking that as fact, but I don't actually know if it is fact. Do you have a window? Like I would rush home and have to try and eat a steak. Well, it's in... (laughs) It's, it's interesting you ask that question because I did, I did a, um, a, a doco recently with the Australian Institute of Sport and I asked their leading dietitian there that, that exact same question. And she said as long as you're regularly eating, so they get their athletes to eat roughly four meals a day which have about 20 or 30 grams of protein. So it's not they, – they find that the muscle building with that window doesn't have to be observed in the same strict sense that's often written about. So – 
um, they thought that the evidence was that as long as you were eating regular little bits of protein with it. So I just ask people to try and include a bit of protein with each of your main meals. Yep. You know, like we talked about the other day, just having a little serve of your beans or your, you know, nobody's eating beans or whether it's a little bit of, you know, you have a couple of eggs or you have or that a little tin piece of tuna. Of, that tin of tuna <laughs> that Mandy likes, you know. Love yeah. Um, and, and, you know, all of these potions and powders, um, honestly, is that the amount, the front of gyms, if they're not selling schnitzels, they've often got huge racks of that sort of um, protein powder supplement. You know, oh, yeah, you go huge, to the gym. huge in a jar. Get and huge. women are, are drinking those too, but really you don't need that. And I've found people that have all sorts of issues with those when they're over-consuming them. So I encourage people to go for whole food. You know, yeah. that's my, my take on it. Yeah. Because I think you can get great results. You don't need to drink a fancy drink. You can just go for the whole food. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Caroline. That was great. It's given us, you know, good good ideas, hasn't it? I think we're, you know, this has probably been a module that we're doing okay in. Mandy, what do you think, Dr. Caroline? We both go to the gym. We both do lots of walking. This is probably one where we're doing all right. I think we are. But yeah, and that that's fantastic. So that's going to serve you really well, oh, that you was, know, yeah. for now and for the future. So brilliant. It was brilliant. a change. It was a change though because we weren't doing it before. No, we weren't. And I was just so happy when I actually got to go to my doctor for my middle age checkups that you do. It was the first time in ages when they asked those questions, and I went, "Well, I walk every day, yes, and I go to the gym four to five <laughs> and times." And you weren't lying. And I wasn't lying. <laughs> <laughs> I did lie about how much wine I drink. <laughs> oh, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> we might talk about that in our next episode. That's a good idea. Yeah. We should drink about, drink about we that. Should drink about, drink we should about drink it. in our next episode. Oh. Um, thank you, Dr. Caroline, as usual. Always very interesting. Thank you so much for your time. See you next time. See you. Bye. I want you to drop and do a quick 10, please, Dr. Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was interesting. Actually, I used to always hate talking about exercise because it filled me with guilt because I wasn't doing it, yeah. but I'm quite comfortable talking about it because yeah. I'm at least doing something. And yeah. I think that's one of the takeaways for this is that is how much better you feel about yourself when you exercise regardless of weight or yeah. anything. Your mental health actually has a huge benefit when it's you exercise. Fun. And you have a sense of yeah. community and you yeah. join in with people. You, know, you also meet people often that you wouldn't have met yeah. in your regular, like in your exercise class or people you see every day on your walk that you smile and say hi to. Yeah, 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 I love it. I, I really love it. I love walking the dog and I love going, like I said, to my thing. It's it's actually, um, and she just, she reinforced it, that really if you're going to the gym and you're doing all that exercise, you really, it has to go hand in hand with your diet. You can't. Yeah be like me and go to the gym and then come home and <laughs> smash a coffee and three chock chick biscuits because it's not so great. Yeah, exactly. Even if the biscuit's got a bit of chicken in it, doesn't yeah. matter. A bit of schnitzel. That's the weirdest thing ever. I oh, know. And, of course, I, I do the, every morning I go walking with a bunch of friends and, honestly, it's so much harder to get up at 5.30 a.m. when the alarm goes off and it's just me and when I know I've got to meet them. Yeah. Um. I actually, I really you do look, it. I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, worth it. So, it's social as well. Yeah, so organise your exercise with a friend. I yeah. think that's a really great. And you talk. Yeah, I mean that's what I do. There's a couple of days a week where I meet a girlfriend and we walk our dogs together. And you know, we we probably wouldn't have done that if we didn't have the dogs. She's actually a marathon runner. I'm sure it must be weird for her body to be walking as slow with me as normal. But it is. It's great but that you it's do great it for her. Yeah, and you get like a leg workout and a mouth workout. Yeah, that's right. 
And you get to gossip about everyone's house when you walk past. Yeah, and you've got to plan your exercise. That's important. So when you're planning means have your stuff ready, have a pair of shoes. It's no different to your diet, is it? Yeah. You've just got to be prepared. You've got to have the right pants in the car. Like, yeah, find the times you can do it. That's they don't have to be the fancy ones. No, I've just, got no fancy ones. I kind of like that. I don't that. care. I kind of I judge people in fancy exercise outfits. Do yours are pretty fancy. Come on. Mine come from Target. Yeah, but you always look put together. Oh, I put it together. I've got T-shirts with like some... <laughs> Stains on them, and <laughs> I don't have any of the kind of branded ones. But anyway, that's great. So I hope you get out there and get exercising. Start off with a bit of walking. See if you can get some push-ups happening in your life. Yeah, it will make you feel better. So thanks again for for listening to setting our the setting table. the table podcast, and we'll be back next week with some more interesting stuff. See you later. That's right. And this podcast has been informed by the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. It has. See you. Setting the Table is produced by women like us and informed by the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. As always, our original music is by Gian and Simon, so thank you for that. Don't forget to like us and rate us on places where you listen to your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, where Spotify, else, Mandy? Spotify, you can listen to Spotify. Spotify, Podcast Republic, Google iTunes. Podcasts, iTunes, or you can just download it straight from um, our podcast website. So thanks for listening and we will see you next week.